people that are, let's just to use a very common term, very far right and very far left. Uh, they're very unhappy about what we're doing, but I really don't believe they have to be because I really think this sells itself. And you know, when you talk about comprehensive immigration reform, which is where I would like to get to eventually, if we do the right bill here, we are not very far away. You know, we've done most of it. If you want to know the truth, Dick, if we do this properly, DACA, you're not so far away from comprehensive immigration reform. And if you want to take it that further step, I'll take the heat. I don't care. I don't care. I'll take all the heat you want to give me. And I'll take the heat off both the Democrats and the Republicans. He goes on to say, I've been taking heat my whole life. I like it in a certain respect, which is an interesting personality trait. Well, he fancies himself a tough guy. So See, you like the heat? I don't like heat. I, I, I'm a whore heat. I try to stay away from heat, but he mm. enjoys it. Um, I like heat, then I like a swimming pool with a tanker and tonic to float in. Anyway, um, there were aspects of that dealio yesterday that I thought were wonderful. Yeah. I thought it was great to see people publicly speaking their mind, offering up their ideas, getting countered, getting opposed, and having to defend them. I mean, there's not enough of that. I got a question for you. Why don't we demand that practically always, unless there's some national security issue or something? Sometimes it's better to keep a negotiation quiet until, just because you would catch so much heat for your proposals and counterproposals, nobody could ever accept them. Okay, well then how about this? Since that's the only one of those I've seen in my life, how about we do it more often than that? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, oh, I'm with you 100%. Um, But anyway... I really appreciated it on that level. On the other hand, if, if the president thinks if we can get the docket done, we're very close to comprehensive immigration reform, he's out of his friggin' mind. He's just nuts. It's an immensely complicated issue. Let's start with, okay, we grant amnesty to everybody. We build a wall so secure, God himself couldn't get over it. You know, we take care of the DACA people who are mostly in their 30s now, blah, blah, blah. We deal with all this stuff. All right. Who gets state benefits if they sneak in? Uh, Oregon. Uh, you still going to give uh, taxpayer-funded uh, abortions to people who sneak in after this giant compromise? How about free schooling? Welfare payments. How about if somebody tries to get a job who snuck into the country and some contractor really, really needs a bricklayer? What happens to that contractor? Man, there's a hell of a lot of details. Miles of details. Hmm. I appreciate his optimism. That's part of his thing. Yes. And it's it's a smart thing to do. Go into a negotiation saying, I know we're going to reach a successful conclusion to this. Because that makes it more likely you will. Because there's probably tough sledding ahead. So I get what he's trying to do. But uh, it was like 55 minutes long, right? I mean, it was really long. I'd like to see the whole thing. I haven't. I've seen some pretty large chunks. I would like to see the whole thing, too. But I did see the chunks where Kevin McCarthy... R of California jumped mm-hmm. in a couple of times because he felt like Trump was going way too far and giving away the farm on the whole amnesty thing. Yes. I, only if. Right. He interrupted to Trump a couple of times and said, yeah, only if. Right. <laughs> well, and, and Kevin McCarthy ain't exactly James Madison intellectually either. So if he was having to jump in and advise the president on the very basics of the issue. You know, well, well everybody I, I, knows Trump's no policy wonk. I don't know if he was. I don't know if that's what was happening. It could be. I don't know if he was jumping in to inform the president on the, the basics of the issue or or Trump was just trying to kind of bulldoze through some of the objections. Both. I think there were times when Trump was not being a Republican because he's not a Republican. 
He's a lifelong Democrat with some Republican sort of beliefs. He's a mix. And all his um, friends are, are, are big-time corporate guys who, 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 who don't want the workers booted out of the country. Right, right, unquestionably. So what he is is very difficult to nail down. Um, but um, there, you know, the moment where Dianne Feinstein was proposing a quote-unquote clean DACA bill, meaning we just deal with DACA. Those those poor kids who are now adults. Um, we just let's do that in a clean fashion, and then we can talk about border security uh, down the road. We will commit to talking about it. And Trump said, "Yeah, I could see a clean bill." And McCarthy jumped in and said, "Well, no, 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 because then we'll be back here in two years again trying to talk about border security." So, no, a quote unquote clean bill means we don't get anything, Mister President. The, the so most, I thought that was a moment where he was... That's know. the most likely result, by the way. Oh, of course. The most likely, likely result is all the illegals stay, and then we do this again in a couple of years when we've got millions of more illegals. And nothing of substance is done. It's surprising that would happen when both parties are in agreement. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, it's not surprising at all. It's frustrating. Yeah. Now, the American people aren't in agreement. Hell, Hispanic people, by large numbers, want the border secured. They want reasonable immigration law enforced fairly. But both parties are against it. So that was the other, my main quibble with it. Well, I thought in terms of bipartisanship, which we desperately need these days, desperately need, Trump's uh, little deal, listen, y'all pass a bill. I trust you. I'll sign it. Do the best you can. I will sign what you give me. I thought, wow, that was really, that's the way democracy works. Well done, Mr. President, except that both parties are in league in doing nothing about immigration, and they're really good at doing nothing while stoking up their bases till they're burning hot on the issue. Yeah. Bunch of friggin' lion, hypocrite, criminal, <laughs> scumbag, <laughs> ass-faced, monkey-poo-eating jackasses. <laughs> that's who you're trusting, huh? <laughs> Kind well, of fell apart there. At yeah, the end. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my well, analysis, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, I don't know who Catherine Deneuve is. Oh, Catherine Deneuve. Oh, she's my an God. actress. Right? She uh, helped me uh, experience my uh, early male uh, stirrings. She's an older gal. She was in. Uh, wasn't she in uh, uh, Cat People with David Bowie? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was Catherine Deneuve. She's French, what? though, right? French actress. Yes. She and a hundred other women signed an open letter published by Le Monde, although a texter said it's Le Monde. Okay. Le Monde. It's Le Monde to me. Uh, In the wake of the sexual harassment and assault scandals that's been going on, and they says, among other things in the letter, rape is a crime. Insistently or awkwardly hitting on someone is not. Which I thought was pretty darn interesting. And they believe that the hashtag MeToo campaign has led to expeditious justice for men who may have touched a knee, tried to steal a kiss, or spoken of intimate things during a professional dinner. The women further say in the letter that they signed and is being published today that they defend a freedom to importune. Is that how you say importune? I've read it and I know what it means to keep insistently pushing your thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Importune, which is an indispensable... Uh, I want to importune with you all night long. An indispensable part of sexual freedom. I think it's interesting that they signed off on a letter that says a guy repeatedly hitting on a girl should be okay. Yeah, it depends. Uh, Within the context of a private company, if you think, no, that screws up productivity and you're here to be productive, so cut it out. I don't have any problem with companies. I don't know. I don't think it's going to screw up his poor productivity as much as that being outlawed completely. 
because it's just fanciful. It ain't right. going to happen. As you right. always point out, most people meet their spouses at work. Yeah, these <laughs> I days, mean, that's, true. that's just the way it is. It's undeniable. So you're going to outlaw any of that. I right. think that's going to hurt productivity more than the... Because uh, it, it's been the other way for forever. Of course, whipping out your wang is not cool. Does everybody understand that? Wait, I'm sorry, I'm taking notes. Wang, not cool. Okay. But do you keep asking out the receptionist and she keeps saying no? Should that be a crime? Should that be something we go crazy over? So I, I get the wang thing, but what if I'm in a bathrobe? Still no? How's it fit? Uh, the, 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 the tie is kind of loose. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I had to buy an I aftermarket bought the one. Size. Yeah. yeah. Bought it off the rack. The letter goes on to say this liberation of speech is turning on itself. People are being intimidated to speak in the right way or to stay silent on what makes them angry. Those who refuse to comply with such injunctions are looked upon as traitors, accomplices. Um, right. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, we've talked about this before and gotten texts and emails back when we used to take phone calls. The, the, the guy who would say, I asked her out 30 times over two years, and she always said no, and then she finally said yes. And we've been married for 40 years and have seven grandchildren. You know, those stories. I've always been amazed by those because I get a no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, yeah. I'm done. I slink off uh, ashamed and regretful that I'd ever asked. And am humiliated. Ho- and Don't hope, leave humiliated. And hope out. you never tell anybody that I did ask. Right. <laughs> I wait for them to serve me paper. <laughs> the, the continuing to ask out. So I don't know. You know, one other point that she made, and I'm trying to find the actual transcript of it. I could characterize it, but uh, why would I if I could read it? Um, is a point that I have made and a number of women that I know have made. The whole, you know, you can just get away with anything thing is no good. It interferes with productivity. It's annoying. It's, it's, it's just bad. On the other hand, making women, A, into uh, infantilizing them saying they cannot possibly stand up for themselves any any man saying anything to a woman will will reduce her to a quivering mess who is unable to function is insulting women are strong they understand their sexual power and as long as it doesn't pass a certain like gross point um not to be confused with the 80s classic gross point blank um as long as it doesn't pass that point it's natural and women are strong enough to deal with it um, and the other thing is, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, women, while you're 100% right about the harassment and the sexual assault and the rest of it, there are women who are social justice warrior types who, Ill, who will interpret anything, anything they can as harassment or an assault or an insult or, or, or beyond the pale, and they will make life for their coworkers and their employer hell therefore you shouldn't hire any women it's just too dangerous you hire a woman she's a ticking time bomb you're gonna have legal problems you're gonna have expense you're gonna have rancor in the workplace you're better off not hiring any women you gotta be careful about that oh yeah and that's just a practical life philosophy oh see you're pro harassment responds morons through the email tonight inevitably all right look if you don't don't get my point you don't get it because you're an idiot. Because you're an idiot. <laughs> so Catherine Deneuve was in a movie with Deneuve. Da- Deneuve was in a movie with David Bowie. It was not the one you thought. 
Not cat people? Not cat people. It is The Hunger, 1983. A love triangle develops between a beautiful yet dangerous vampire, her cellist companion, and a gerontologist. I tell you what, that gave me the hunger for intercourse as a young lad. Way to watch vampire movies. Please, it was a beautiful French woman with her shirt off movie, as far as I can I couldn't have told you if it was a vampire movie, a political thriller, or like a <laughs> Steve McEwen car chase. She was the dangerous vampire, I'm guessing. Uh, and there was also a cellist and a gerontologist. What's sure. a gerontologist? It's funny you should ask. Gerontology is the study of social, cultural, psychological, cognitive, and biological aspects of aging. Oh, okay. With naked boobies. Um, what we're doing to animals, particularly dogs, through desires for them to look a certain way. There's a book oh. out. Got some interesting stuff on that. Which, among other things. Which reminds me, I've got to salute some folks on Twitter who uh, commented on my recent dog postings. Okay. All that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Trump will have his first physical exam as president this Friday. That story again, Trump will have his first ever physical exam on Friday. I have, it turns, I have two knees, that's the most. I have the most possible knees. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know, that's um, a pretty funny shot. So we got here, there's a guy in a superhero costume who ate Chipotle. For 426 straight days, which has broken the record. <laughs> well, I congratulate him. It's well over a year. If you dream it, you can do it. Yeah, especially in a Batman costume. <laughs> so, there you go. In a Batman costume? So, if your son, if my son does that, do I congratulate oh, them? Do I just ignore it? Do I cry? I, you've got a special man there. Is he? Well, never mind. I don't know. Maybe he just likes his um, and wearing Batman costumes. Book out called Leaving the Wild, How Humans Breed Their Best Friends Until Their Dogs' Lives Are Miserable. And it actually talks about dogs, cats, cows, and horses, and how we've uh, made all those animals uh, less um, happy through uh, breeding. Some how about the, turkeys? Got breasts yeah, so big they can't stand up? Some of them didn't bother me that much. Um, yeah. Anti-turkeyist. I mean, because cows wouldn't exist if we didn't eat them, there wouldn't be very many of them. I mean, the gazillions of cows that are there are for us to eat. Sure. <laughs> it's not like they'd be, you know, out going to college and seeing the world or whatever. <laughs> if, if we're marrying, raising children. <laughs> so, I don't know. I oh, mean, I man, wanna... we're, we're rolling along uh, up in the mountains and we come across a yak farm. They're raising yaks up there. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. For the novelty, is the meat good? Yak they make... milk is a thing. Yeah, okay. Do they make coats out of the fur? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's a yak farm. So we slow down to look at the yaks and Baxter starts barking at the yaks. Wasn't having any of their uh, yak. horned yak bullets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the dog stuff was kind of interesting. The ethical quandaries around how we're uh, dealing with dogs over the years. The author notes that two-fifths of the half billion dogs alive on the planet. I thought that was interesting. Never contemplated that. There are half a half a billion, billion dogs, dogs okay. on Earth. Uh, two-fifths of them are free-ranging village dogs, not under any human control. Wow. Yeah. Of the Go re- to Mexico if you don't believe it. Um, of the remainder, there are a number of dogs that have been damaged by designer breeding. Uh, it's got German shepherds and how they walk really funny because somebody decided their gait should be a certain way. And so now they're bred to where they, they, they can't really even walk normally. Notorious hips. Yeah. 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 Uh, are you going to get to pug faces at some point? So actually, we can hear I am. Positive shots? I actually am. 
That's what I hear in my house every day. <laughs> Dachshunds have been elongated to the extent that they suffer from back disc disease. They just breed the longest with the longest until they're so long that their backs are in pain all the time. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, I bought a dachshund once. It was kind of short. I'm not proud of what I did, but it was was long. Oh, wow. Eventually. Wow. It Uh, wasn't breeding. While pugs, boxers, and bulldogs are so flat-faced, they experience breathing trouble. So if you've got one of those, you know that. My pug is just amazing. There's one there. It's a cute little dog, but he sounds like that at best. That's him when his sinuses are clear. Don't don't we have a clip of uh, the breathing there somewhere? This is the real thing. (laughs) That could be me. This is him laying on the couch while I'm watching TV. <laughs> All right, make it stop. It's like the, uh, half of the husbands in the audience. What's funny about pugs is they're... All right, seriously. <laughs> Michael. All right, now I'm begging you. They're, they're bred only to lie around. It's the first dog I've ever had like that, because I've always huh. had dogs that were bred for other things. Yeah. And so you had to get him so much exercise and stuff like that. But they're bred just to lay around. Like, if you if you call his name or whatever, he'll, he'll lift his head briefly, look at you. Did you need something? And then before he lays his head back down, it's back to... Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought, man, you have got the life. Yeah. That is no. it. What, somebody say something? <laughs> oh, okay. Dream come true. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like drunk uncle, but all the time. Yeah. What? <laughs> So uh, I tweeted yesterday that Delaney's breakfast was stolen off the table. Yeah, she uh, she wandered out of the room and came back, and her breakfast was gone. And then I said, security cameras captured these images, and they're shots from above of what appears to be a, a black a Labrador retriever. And uh, I just wanted to salute the various commenters on the Twitter. If you don't follow us on the Twitter or you want to email us or text at us or whatever, go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. There are links to all, all of it. But the fabulous uh, Diane, uh, I'm just Diane, you ought to be following her, said, circumstantial, hashtag black dogs matter. Mm, mm, politically incorrect. Tim the lawyer uh, piped in that Baxter is now the, his favorite Getty. He likes him more than me. <laughs> uh, uh, kicking 57, right? Sure, he's a black male, therefore he's suspect. Check yourself. Ooh, that's politically incorrect stuff there. Uh, hashtag police tape, tweets Troy. A couple people said, your daughter should know better than to leave her food out. Oh, thank you for pointing that out. Thank you. That's great. Thanks for your help. What did the dog wolf down how fast? A plate of spaghetti and a bagel. Ooh, how'd that turn out? It hasn't yet. Okay. Uh, breakfast spaghetti? <laughs> yeah. But my uh, my favorite in terms of positive Sean uh, is uh, Mark, who t- tweeted, He's still a good boy. <laughs> he is. He's a good boy. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the feds launch a national immigration crackdown on 7-Elevens today. We've got an update on California's crony train and the health benefits of having a plant in your office. Oh, good Lord. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. All right. They cracked down on the 70s? Yep. I'll be damned. Is this the hot dog thing? No. It's not the hot dog story. Okay, well, I got a 7-Eleven hot dog story for you. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. what happens in a childless society here's your latest trend backward books what sean just tipped me to this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's uh minimalists who turn all the books in their shelves backwards so just the, the, the page side is sticking out <laughs> instead of the binding and it's a trend 
in terms of the decoration. Is it? <laughs> I walk yeah. into your house. I see that. I leave your house. <laughs> After I punch you. For having too much free time to even think about needing to do that. <laughs> the world makes my ass tired. God. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, it turns out U.S. immigration agents have descended on dozens of 7-Eleven stores before dawn today to open employment audits and interview workers in the largest crackdown on an employer under Donald Trump's presidency. Agents telling the Associated Press they targeted about 100 stores from coast to coast in broadening an investigation that began with a four-year-old case against a franchisee on New York's Long Island. The action appears to open up a new front in Trump's sharp expansion of immigration enforcement. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement officials saying today's sweep is the first of many and a harbinger of what's to come for employers. This is a national crackdown launched today. What about my burritos, he says, ironically, because I used to buy them at 7-Eleven. I, the whole immigration thing. We've been talking about it a yeah. lot this morning. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Ye, ye, are you going to do it? At some point as a nation, are you going to decide, look, you, ha- you have to, like they do in every other country, you have to have some sort of paperwork or some showing papers you want people to show their papers yeah that's yeah, just like nazi yes. germany no it's not it's, it's like, like current germany it's, it's like every country on earth you right. have to be some sort of documented citizen somewhere on the spectrum of either you were born there or you became naturalized or you're on the path you don't get to just show up and live there and here's another tip for you if somebody's in the country under a temporary program yep. at some point that program will end and then when we say now you got to go back, quit screaming that. But they're they're an old country's crappy. Well, fine, but th- th- we let them in temporarily. <laughs> on the other hand, because there is another hand on yes. all this, yes. you either got to do it or not do it. Every once in a while, get serious about it. And the poor guy who's working at Seven Eleven, you what are you? You're gonna throw me out of the country or find me or whatever? Geez, my whole family works over there at that business. They're illegal, too. Why don't you drive me past all the farms in the area as we go to the airport, (laughs) which are staffed almost entirely by, well... By the cab driver who might be illegal and everybody else who might be illegal. It's just, ah! Well, you know, temporary programs are like temporary taxes. That's right. Do you have a tie into that? or No, go ahead. Uh, I I can't believe we didn't talk about this. There's just so much stuff avalanching at us to talk about. But... California Senate leader uh, Kevin DeLeon unveiled legislation um, last week. Nobody's talking about it. I actually read about this first in New Jersey. Instead of paying your state taxes, you would make a charitable donation to the California Excellence Fund for the same amount. That would then be deductible on your federal taxes. Wow. Unless you're hit by the alternative minimum tax, ask your tax advisor. All right, speaking of state uh, spending, a bill preventing California from using highway tax dollars for the Crony Train Project is not moving forward. The Assembly Transportation Committee killed that bill. Now, Fresno Assemblyman Jim Patterson introduced it. He says the principal and interest payments of the so-called high-speed rail project alone is going to cost taxpayers about $20 billion over the next 30 years. Patterson adding gas taxes and car registrations have drastically increased. They were supposed to fund 
highway, street, and road projects, but the money was instead used to fund the high-speed rail project that is behind schedule and over budget. But so his measure then was crushed in the committee. It was killed in the committee. Well, that's why it's called the Crony Express. Yep. He's going to try and come back and reintroduce it again. Oh, what hey, a po- okay, whoever, book him. Let's get him on the air. Wanted to point out President Trump's going to be holding a uh, joint news conference later today with the Prime Minister of Norway right around 1220 West Coast time. That's when he's expected to explain more about the immigration ideas and DACA. Norway, that's where you're from, right? No, no, I'm from Finland. Same thing. I didn't have a chance to look it up to see if he has met with our prime minister, the Mm. Finnish prime minister. Well, you'll be aggrieved if he hasn't, I'm sure. I can't wait to hear the president's speech. The United States has a long history of cooperation and friendship with Norway, I guess. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Experts. Experts are saying having a plant in your office can prevent sick days and reduce your stress. Having a what? A plant. A plant. A plant. Okay. A desk plant. The experts uh, write that one excellent way to combat both sick days and stress is by filling up your office with plants. They claim having the right plants will help scrub the air of pathogens and improve the office's mix of bacteria. Hmm. Plants can even clear the air of harmful uh, substances that are found in some office furnishings. So You don't see plants in offices much, do you? No, Not enough, I say. Not anymore. Oh, and one last note. We do have to turn back to Oprah and her run for the presidency. President Trump is saying he'd look forward to a 2020 campaign against Oprah. Yeah, Vito. Oprah would be a lot of fun. I know her very well. In a White House photo op yesterday, Trump adding... You know, I did one of her last shows. She had Donald Trump, this is before politics, her last week. And she had Donald Trump and my family. It was very nice. No, I like Oprah. I don't think she's going to run. There That's you. you. You can say she had me on the show. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know who you are. You're the, yeah. you're the president. Um, so he says he would beat Oprah. Yeah. But he doesn't <laughs> think she's going to run. No. Nah. Mm. No. But anyway, he was, he was looking forward to it if it happens. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Giddy Show, the voice yeah, of the West. And he said it would be fun, which it would be. It'd be it'd be fun for America. Yeah, and good. I kind of think that's his main motivation. <laughs> well, good for America? Yes. No, I don't know. But uh, fun? Yes, it would probably be fun. Mm-hmm. And um, in about a year, people will start announcing right after the first of next year. Yeah. That's the way it happened last time around. Yeah, so great. We'll know soon enough. I just hope O'Toole gets back in the race in Maryland. <laughs> we don't really need to talk about it until then. No. 2020, two base factors of 10. I think this is the year the metric system really takes hold. Yeah. In this upcoming election. Well, that was O'Toole's issue, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That's not bad. So your time like is now. The petering out is coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't touch the sleeping pills, mess with my head. Congratulations are in order for Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, who is, according to Bloomberg and Forbes, the richest person ever. Jeff Bezos is worth just over $105 billion, which makes him the world's richest Jeff, just ahead of DJ Jazzy. That's right. <laughs> Kimmel, who will be hosting the Oscars in March, uh, which will, uh, you know, 
who will give the big speech there. Somebody will have to. Starbucks has a new coffee out. I know you keep track of that sort of thing. It's a blonde espresso. It's light, sweet roast. See, I want to check that out. (laughs) Don't we normally make people pay for commercials? (laughs) Blonde, sweet roast. I'll give you a sweet (laughs) roast. You're a blonde, sweet roast, aren't you? (laughs) That's harassment. I'm certain of it. Will this catch on in America? A Taiwan dentist is ordered to pay his mother, who financed his education, nearly a million dollars. Wow. The idea being she kind of assumed that, hey, in paying his way through uh, dental school, then maybe he'd take care of her when she was old. And now she's old and he's not taking care of her. And she said, hey, wait a second. I paid for him to go to dental school. I've made it explicitly clear to my offspring that that's my expectation. So I've got a good solid case. I hope this uh, that they take care of you. I hope she want wins. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're gonna pay for my way when when I'm old. All right. Mm. So go out and work hard. Wow, I made it clear. <laughs> Speaking of making money, how about this story here? A Utah mother's incessant battle with constipation. They really need to make this into a lifetime movie. Judy Edwards had. I'm not, watch, I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> that's your. That's the elevator pitch. <laughs> it's an old woman who's constipated. No, a I'm Utah not, mom. Not a Utah in. mom. Meryl Streep is attached. I she, don't care. She's she's a plucky Utah mom who just can't poo. Yeah. Well, I thought I knew what that was. I ain't nobody wants to hear about this, but I thought I knew what that was. Constipation. Yeah. I mean, I knew theoretically until I really had it bad because of the chemotherapy when mm-hmm. I was doing it. It's as unpleasant as anything I've ever had. Oh, boy. They're really yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. It's just mm. awful. Well, so Jack, that, is that what happens to you when you're really old? You do with that all the time? Because it's terrible. You know what they say, Jack? When life hands you impacted stools, make a stool to help you poo. What do you think? Turn of a phrase? That's Eh. a good slogan. So this lady, Judy Edwards, her health-conscious son, Bobby, uh, researched traditional toileting methods uh, to help his mom. He landed on the traditional squatting procedures to help unkink the colon. Stepstools couldn't quite get the job done, so the family went to work inventing a modified version that elevates the legs but can slide around the toilet bases. The Edwards family came up with the squatty potty and has raked in $33 million last year alone. Good for them. With their squatty potty, they're predicting $100 million in sales in the near future. Again, life hands you impacted stools. Mm. Mm? It's not quite as yummy as lemonade. How about that? So if mom was swigging down to Metamucil or whatever, she's eating a lot of whole grains, who knows? They'd probably be wage slaves still. You know, uh, the, the cubicle drones. But her poo was their gold. Game seven of the 2014 World Series. Madison Bumgarner on the mound. Uh, I spent the entire game, three and a half hours, on the floor. Cheek on the cold floor. Oh, my God. Trying to make it happen. Wow. The entire game, I had the radio on. Wow. I'll always remember that. It was, wow. It was miserable. Yikes. Whilst I was listening to the Giants win the World Series. Right. Yeah, it was just awful. Damn. <sighs> Don't ever want to do that again. So eat plenty of, what do you eat, fiber? Or is that fiber? the wrong thing? No, fiber's good. Fiber's what fiber's you want? Good. Oh, it's yeah. good for you. Yeah, yeah lots of fiber. How about this new light roast from Starbucks? Would that help me? <laughs> I doubt it. What are you, getting paid, you whore? <laughs> um, Gen Xers don't have enough money saved for retirement, according to a new study. Okay. 
Do I want to get into that? How much? I think time I'm one of them. Gen Xer. Got about a sure. minute thirty. According to this, it's anybody born between 1965 and the late 70s. Winning. So yeah, I'm a I'm a Gen Xer. And uh, 43% say they're far behind in their savings. Half are worried about running out of money. If you're not run, worried about running out of money, you just, you're way too carefree, in my opinion. Yeah, God dang it. You're I either about that as much as anything. Yeah, you're in, either insanely wealthy, <clears throat> which you're probably not, right. or you're just, you know, you're crazy. And you need to worry about it. Two out of ten, 17%. Well, one out of five. I like that number better. One out of five say they aren't saving or investing at all. Oh, boy. And you know who's going to take care of them? The rest of us. Because in America, we don't let anybody starve or live out in the in the cold for the most part. So we're, we're all going to pay for the one out of five who aren't doing anything. Label this section of the podcast, Jack is in favor of the starving freezing to death. Yeah, I am, actually. Or the, the, the shivering being... I, hmm. I actually am. If you're able-bodied... Your mind and body work, and you worked and didn't make any effort to save any money. I don't care if you freeze to death or starve. I really don't. I want to do a lifelong audit that shows, hmm, you really could have freed up about $6,000 that year. You could have, oh my God, there's at least $14,000 that year. That no, you, simple question. Blah, 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 you sit down blah. with them. They're on the curb. They're laying there. They're cold. They're hungry. Did you ever own a new car? Oh, yeah. I had a new. Okay. Sorry. Walking away. Mm. I didn't buy a new car. You know why I didn't buy a new car? Because I wanted to save my money. So I'm not giving you any of mine. But what about your you, fair share? You ever, tell me about your vacations. Where you been? You got any good lists of vacations? Oh, Sorry, I'm not giving you any money. Valley in the springtime. You can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's my harsh reality for the day. I'm strong and getty. I'm getting ready. Paul final thoughts. I like it. Jack Armstrong's America, you're on your own. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Positive Sean, final thought? Yes, once again, happy birthday to Positive Mom. I love you so much. Can't wait to see you. I'll see you in about an hour. Fantastic. Marshall Phillips, uh, follow up that uh, homespun goodness, would you? All right, I got a busy afternoon heading off now to the dentist, and I'm going over to Blockbuster to rent a copy of Belle des Jours, Catherine Deneuve's cinematic masterpiece from 1967, The Adventures of a Frustrated Housewife. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Sorry to hear about your frustration, Catherine. Yes. Michelangelo, your final thought. Yeah, looking forward to the Consumer Electronics Show, and I want to see the TV that rolls up like a newspaper. There you go. The cool, Very cool. Yeah. I guess. Jack, what's your final thought for us? Speaking of electronics, my kids started into They're trying to build a robot. They started last night. They got <laughs> batteries and parts from old things, an old router that didn't work. They're putting it all together trying to build a robot that they claim will cook dinner and walk the dog and fold the laundry, and it's going to do everything. I ho- I'm hoping they're successful. I'm yeah. rooting for them. Wow. It looks a little haphazard. I'm not optimistic, but I'm rooting for them. Wow. Well, my final thought is inspired by the nice lady in Utah with the, uh, the constipation problem. If if life has handed you that sort of problem, or, or maybe excessive flatulence, urinary incontinence, excessive earwax, what have you, you can complain, you can hang your head, or you can make something positive of it. Go get them. I believe in you. Awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's actually um, the wonder of children. It's inspiring, but they're convinced that with batteries and aluminum foil mm. and some various parts, they can come up with a robot that will do all kinds of stuff for us. You know, I once uh, invented, I, I actually drew it up, a car that would run on compressed air. Mm. This was in the 70s, where everybody's super uh, concerned about oil and OPEC and the rest of it. My mom's friend said, well, you've got to have some sort of energy to compress the air. What are you going to use for that? And I gave up. 
immediately at that point. So I should probably just tell them how their plan's never going to work. That's right. Save them the time. How are batteries in aluminum foil going to become a robot? You don't think a bunch of smart adults would have come out this if all it took was batteries and aluminum foil? Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Crushing the dream. Sometimes when you try, you fail. So why try? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour work. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Our contact is See ya. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Then the show's over. What? Bye bye. Bunch of friggin' lion hypocrite criminal scumbag <laughs> ass faced monkey poo eating jackasses. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.